Welcome to the Chris Hanna Show. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Chris Hanna Show. Last week I had Jonathan Palmer as part of the show. He was interviewing me, asking me some questions. We just kind of had met up in Orlando and started talking. And we thought, hey, let's just turn on the camera and let's record some of this as we're going. So it was a very unique take and a different episode. And so then we flipped the script and decided to do the same. And really, I asked him some questions about him and his business. And he's really starting to venture off into his own and build out his own brand um, that's really on his own company, which is really cool. So I started asking some questions and talked about his business and where he thinks marketing is going and social media and the power of AI. It's a really interesting conversation. And I just thought I'd want to share this with everyone to uh, give you a different perspective again of, of people who are kind of on their own trajectory, starting to build their own thing. And it's an entrepreneurial experience. So I hope you enjoy. Tell me about this transformation that you're trying to go through right now with building out your business. I am scared. Yeah, I'm scared. I have, uh, I don't think that I, I have leader DNA. I've never, um, I've always had a boss and in every relationship I've ever, I've ever been in, I was, I was kind of like the secondary, like all of my partners have traditionally been more masculine and I've been a little bit more of my feminine. So I've always served in a supportive role in my jobs. I've always served in a supportive role in my relationships. So this idea of like not having anybody to be in control and me being responsible and me having to do the work as a leader really scares me a lot. So just this idea, you know, that, that you pitched to me about me stepping into that really scares me. But there's also value in breaking the mold. Hmm. Because you've been telling yourself this story that you are the number two, the supportive person, right? Yeah. But, but you're telling that story to yourself. Sometimes you need to break that story. So what are you doing to ultimately like push yourself outside of your comfort zone so you can actually grow? What am I doing currently? Yeah. Well, um, what was what was the most shocking is um, when I exited the way that I did. I remember talking to clients and, and what have you and, and, and informing them I felt a lot of shame it's like hey I'm leaving um, I'm sorry uh, and I thought that you know they'd be relieved or that they would you know be thinking to themselves oh this is great I'm going to be able to work with somebody else now and uh, I was really surprised when they said like oh well where are you going can, can we come with you right. and I said I I don't know what I'm doing I don't know where I'm going but um, it's a possibility you know um, so what I've been doing is just learning how to build something. And the nice part is, is that because this was a small business, I, I was able to, to witness a lot of things, but the belief that it, that I can do it myself is what has been paralyzing. But luckily it has actually been not, not as challenging as I thought. Well, I think there's some comfort and obviously like probably hearing from people. Hey, I want to continue to work with you. I want to still have that connection or you made an impact because that can also give you that confidence boost. You're like, you know what? Maybe I know what I'm doing and that I actually can provide this value, but you're second guessing yourself. So then as you start to think about the next steps in your journey, how do you like start to get into working on the business and in the business as you're starting to do this? Because you have to kind of wear both caps. Mm, yeah. Talk to me about like, how do you come up with the vision of how to build this out? while also 
fulfilling initially as you're trying to do this too, like when you're doing it yourself? Well, first and foremost, like the biggest thing for me is like, I felt like in a lot of ways, and it was mutually beneficial, like I kind of had a playground. You know, the, 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 cha the challenge of working for a big corporation is you don't have a lot of leeway when it comes to, you know, impacting the vision or impacting the method, the delivery approach, what have you. When you work with a small business, you have a lot more freedom to play. Yeah. So I think having had the opportunity to play, I was able to test ideas, see what worked, what didn't. And now I'm to the point where it's like, okay, I kind of have an idea of, I know something that does work and it's just a small piece of like what I see in the bigger picture. But I guess that's like, that's where it's to start. What, what were the things that already, I already know work and kind of like leaning into that. Well, there's also this element of like, you saw what didn't work. Yes. So then you can also like, I'm gonna avoid doing that or I'm gonna do that better. Right. right. Talk to me about that experience. <sighs> do you wanna go there? Do you wanna go there? <laughs> <laughs> Cause you can also panic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like I think uh, the biggest thing for me is like, living in true authenticity. Because I think that like for the longest, I, I was a part of it. Like when I stopped making videos in 2021, middle of 2021, I went through my mind and I tried to understand was it my addiction? What was the reason why I stopped making videos? And a lot of it was because I recognized this is what I am communicating to an audience of 200,000 people. 100,000 views a video was inauthentic. Because I started to realize that talking about LinkedIn, on LinkedIn, giving people secrets and hacks was not an ethical way of approaching it and seeing people come through my pipeline and trying to sell them on this idea that, you know, if they just do what I do, they will be successful, started to weigh very heavy on my heart. Yeah. And I could not, I could not do that anymore. Was there a moment that kind of like that happened for you where just like, I, this authentic piece for yourself, just you kind of started to have this real wrestling moment. Like, is there something that stood out to you? Oh yeah, I was, I was suplexing it. I was, you know, dropping an elbow on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, uh, there was. Um, there was a specific client and they really needed this to work for them. And I just found myself bullshitting them over and over and over again. And this person really, this was their last dollar. They needed this. And I, I, could, I could tell they believed in me so deeply because if there's one skill that I do have is I can get people to buy into me. Right. But does the method actually work? And that is something that I could not stand behind anymore. So when I realized what I was doing, I said, no, I, I can't do this anymore. I can't. Yeah. You know, because just from like a, a karmic perspective, it's, it's just too much to bear. And I feel like that's that was the beginning of the shift for me. Yeah, there's like it's personal integrity is so much it's so important to you, and then also it sounds like just also taking responsibility for not only what you do but the, also the impact and, and what you really put out to the world. You know, how is that now infused with your new venture as you're starting to build this out? Well, I mean, it was like really interesting. So around like the middle of 2021, when I started making videos, I realized. You know, I'm not living authentically. What I need to do is I need to go into the trenches. Yeah. I need to go work with every single client. And if we're gonna keep this thing moving along, I need to identify what are the things that actually do work. What, you know, if I have an opportunity here to learn this process, then my time is much more valuable actually just being in the trenches with each single individual. 
Yeah. You know, not ha you know, being humble with my time and not not overvaluing my time. Right. Because I knew that whatever I learned from this experience would ultimately be able to serve those clients at the highest level in the long run. Yeah. Well, I think some people who become whether it's influencers or business owners, they put too much value on their own time. We're like, I don't want to do the one-on-one -on -one support, but it sounds like you lean into that. Yes. And you love that. Yes, absolutely. Right? Yes. Yeah. And so why is I guess just because you've seen some breakthroughs with people that's helped like feel like I want this to do this more for people or or why why has that been so important to you to go all in on the one-on-one? -on -one? Because I think that there is no way, there is absolutely no way that you could take a cookie cutter digital course and service every industry. Right. Now if it was a digital course around real estate agents that follows a very specific framework that has been proven time and time again to work, then I could see that being a solid offer. But when you're offering to help somebody become a thought leader or an influencer in any industry, there's having done this for years now, that doesn't even make sense. You well, know? Yeah, totally. The thing that makes me think though is, are courses dead? That's a great question. <laughs> um, I can't say that courses are dead necessarily. I think that... Or is there some drawbacks with courses maybe? Okay, well, yes, there are, there's a lot of drawbacks with courses. That's undeniable. But I think that the difference is, like, for example, take ChatGPT. Yep. When we consider like the diffusion of innovation, we're still very early in the market. So when it comes to like ChatGPT, because the baseline level of knowledge is so low right now, if you were to sell a digital course around ChatGPT, it'd be highly valuable because people know very little about it, right? right? But we're, when we're talking about something, you know, again, diffusion of innovation, um, most people now understand the basics of personal branding on LinkedIn because so much free content has been served. Right. Right? Every like, third or fourth, fourth post. Is <laughs> right. So at this point, the most common individual has a baseline understanding of algorithms, hashtags, headlines, posting, empathy, what goes viral, what doesn't. It's to the point where that, that digital course is no longer as valuable as it was three years ago. And we have to be able to have the humility to recognize that, yes, the time has passed. But that means it's an opportunity to innovate. So that's why the one-on-one -on -one attention for me was so important. Because it was, an, it was an opportunity to add value so we don't have to change the pricing. Right. Because it's not as valuable as it was. Well, courses become dated really easily too. They do. Right? Yeah. Unless you're continually going back and updating them. Right, 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 right. Yes. So when you think about, you know, whether it's personal branding or you know, starting to build out a business, how do you see marketing evolving as, as you look over these next couple of years? Yes. I, I ultimately do think that it's going to be the death of the copywriter. Um, I, I believe that. Because now with the power of a chat GDT, if you want to create a post in the voice of Russell Brunson, add wit, add humor, add bullet points, give a call to action, write me a VSL, write me a book, write me a digital course. That it, it's such a versatile tool that the common individual now can be a superstar copywriter with this at their at their with the assistance of the software. Right. So I do feel like it's going to change marketing a lot. I do feel like you know the very best. Actually, the greatest opportunity is for the ones that leverage this software and master how to use it. Yeah. And those are the people that are going to win. And then everybody else is going to be out. Well, those are the people who are going to win. Those are the people who are going to have probably those jobs that are going to be brand new in this space as well. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of cool shit that's going to come out with, with AI that's really going to help marketers in other industries as well. Yes. 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 
Do you see a world where you're going to use AI as part of your business in some capacity? Oh, I already am. Yeah, I already am. So, yeah, yeah, with like my copywriting, with my own social media posts. Something that paralyzed me for a long time is, you know, for me, the most important element of a social media post is, am I providing new information or am I saying something in an interesting way? Right. Right. So the 84% of the reason why somebody will consume a piece of content is they have a belief that the information will be something new. Mm. So if there is no newness in the content, then again, it's just very repetitive and people will not invest in it and they won't want to see more. So the nice thing about ChatGPT is when I'm writing my content, I'm able to frame it in a new way, which allows me to feel confident to post it or to create. So I'm already implemented it, implementing it. I'm super excited about it. But if there's nothing else that I'm excited about, it's a new opportunity to teach people and empower them how to use something new. Right. There, there's not a lot of times like in our society when we see such an evolution or revolution of something like this. This is a very rare opportunity. This does not happen all the time. So when we do have an opportunity like this, it's like, oh my gosh, I need to get all into it. I need to go all the way with it. Yeah. So that's, that's what it is. Are you doing anything with AI and like video creation specifically outside of the copywriting? Uh, yeah. So there's a lot of different softwares that you can implement. I've been playing around with a ton of them, but we're actually building an AI digital course with one of my opportunities. And that to me is going to be the biggest like game changer. And it's not just about prompts. Yeah. It's not just about people. People right now, they're like really excited. Okay. Write a prompt. Right, you know, a piece of copy for me, but where the big win is going to be, how can you? How, that's just one piece of software. ChatGPT is just one of many. Right. How can you take all of the AI softwares from the last three years and build it out in every step of your process? Because when you do that and you have like the full structure, now you you basically have a a marketing team that you don't have to spend any money on. You just click a button and it creates the entire process start to finish. I've always said that I think that AI is becoming one of the best employees in a lot of businesses. Yes, it absolutely is. When you're trying to build a team, you're trying to build a marketing team, you can get all this skill set for a lot cheaper than, than some employees, but you still need people. Yes. Right? Talk, you still to, need the talk to me about like the personal touch and how do you make sure that that's infused in? Right. So there, there, there still is some limitations with the chat GBTs and some of these softwares. They're not perfect yet, but I do believe like by the time we get to version 20 or 30, it might be very, very close, right? So some of the limitations are, you know, um, it, it has limitations when it comes to political views. It has a lot of limitations when it comes to, you know, uh, gender roles. It has a lot of limitations when it comes to actual humor. Um, I, it does like seem to work well with wit, but in terms of like that true human element, it's just not there yet. And we also have to remember that it's only up to 2021. So it hasn't really extracted information from 2022 or 2023. So when we're talking about the most recent trends, it's not super, super reliable. So there's a lot of different variables that play into it. But overall, it's like, I do believe there will become a point where, you know, most of us will be obsolete because it is doing a great job so far. Have you upgraded to the paid version yet? Yes. Yeah. 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 So, and then I'm just constantly waiting to like, you know, number four to come out and just everything just to keep going, right? Yeah. I think that like there's so much on this space. Like I remember when the pandemic hit, I, I said to people, there's going to be a lot of cool shit that's going to happen because people are just going to be sitting in their basement coming up with cool shit and cool technology. And I think we're starting to see the benefit of that over the last couple of years now where things are starting to come out. It's going to be game changing. We have to continually invest in new technology, leverage new technology to make our lives easier. We don't need to work harder. 
And, and if there's one thing that I've identified, like people will ask, it's like, you know, what separates, you know, people that are successful from the individuals that are uber wealthy, they have an eye yeah. for the innovation. And they're not afraid to, to, to hedge their bets or take the risk on the innovative idea. And it's almost like they have an intuition. They know the ones that are gonna work. Or maybe they try them all and then, you know, one out of 10 hits, right? But the point being is that, you know, when I look at the people that are innovating the most in the space, it's unsurprising because they, they were the ones that anticipated social media blowing up. They were the ones that anticipated the internet. And again, I think like if there's one piece of advice I can give is lean into the people that were early on and won in other areas because they may be good at forecasting what this is actually gonna be. Now you spent a lot of time in, in building up a lot of your own personal brand on LinkedIn. Yeah. Outside of LinkedIn, what, what gets you excited in terms of you know social media? Um, I think like at the that's a great question. I think um, at the end of the day, YouTube is going to be the last man standing. Okay, I really do believe that. Yeah, and the reason why is you know let's take for example um, Netflix. So for an episode, did you know for an episode of Stranger Things, it costs thirty million dollars per episode. Per episode. Okay. Wow. Thirty million dollars per episode. All right. So that means Netflix is shelling out thirty million dollars per episode. They have about ten episodes. Yeah. Three hundred million dollars. Right. Now. Like how many views is this, are these 30 episodes, are these 10 episodes getting? You know, we'll call it a billion views, you mean? 1.5 billion? Um, then you have YouTube. Mr. Beast has multiple billions of views. How much did it cost YouTube to produce Mr. Beast multiple billions of views? Right. Zero. So just look at that from a perspective. On YouTube, because it is user created, they are spending nothing on content, right. while Netflix is spending a ton of money on content. And unlike the Instagrams and the TikToks where there's a lot of ads, the content is so short form that there's less of an opportunity to build a relationship with the creator. So an example that I use is, like, you've got, you passed through a toll booth before, right? Yeah. And somebody, you know, there used to be like somebody that would collect your change and then you go right through the toll booth, right? Yeah. And you might wave at them, you might see them for a second, but you keep driving, right? That is TikTok and Instagram. You'll see the creator, you might wave at them, you might see their 20 second, 30 second clip, you wave and that's it. Now YouTube is you going to the diner and sitting with the same server or the same uh, waitress right. every morning. You build a relationship with them and then they become like a part of your family. When you're watching a 20 minute video on YouTube, you're building a relationship with that creator. It is a completely different game. And because of that, that's why I feel like YouTube will be the last one. Well, there's also that intentionality around YouTube in terms of like you're searching for something specific. Yes. And then once you find that person or maybe that community or whatever who's creating that video, maybe you wanna keep going back to that. Yes, 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 yes. I think that's that's the critical part. That's, that's important as well. It's search versus discovery. You know, the nice thing about discovery feeds, like your Instagrams or your TikToks is, you are not anticipating seeing that content in that moment, yet here it is, and now you have an opportunity to hold a captive audience. Where on YouTube, you're actively searching for something specific. You already want it. You don't need to be sold on it, because you already want it. Right. So it's a completely different game. I feel like YouTube is just head, head and shoulders above everybody else. Well, and it's, it's that ultimate search engine as well. Yes. Like most people don't want to read, Right. So like I see a text post, I just move past it. Video I will watch. But like if I'm gonna go try and fix my lawnmower or something in my car, I'm going to YouTube to try and watch a video of how to figure it out. 
Right, 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 right. So I just find that there's so much value in that, but I'm also going to be entertained. Yes. I can follow my regular creators and I get notifications when something great has popped up that I want to see. Right, right. And it just it feels like it knows me better. But I agree. I, I think it is the platform that will be the last man standing. So how do you intend to use YouTube because you're a big proponent of you think it's going to be the last man standing as part of your business? Man, that's a good question. Um, I have a lot of shame around YouTube because for me personally, I don't like playing games that I can't win. Okay. So the reality of YouTube is it is... I think that they have like, uh, there's like 50 million channels or something like that, 500 million channels. And it's just reached the point to penetrate or to try to break in on YouTube first is almost a literal impossibility. You have to build your following somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what I'm working on with a client is they have kind of like a family style vlog and my hope is that um, I can assist them in growing that and scaling that, but my understanding is, all right, now, like, because there's so many creators on YouTube and, like, the number one career that a child today wants to be is a YouTuber. Really? Wow. Yes. Okay. When we were growing up, it was like an astronaut, yeah. a firefighter, a police officer. Now, kids want to be YouTubers. And I have a whole conversation I have about that. But point being is that, you know, we need to be, uh, we need to have some humility and realize, like, if you want to break through right now, YouTube is not your starting point, it's your ending. You know, so short form content on other platforms, like with this client, Facebook would be a great place to start. Because actually Facebook, people are sleeping on Facebook. It still has 2 billion active users, right? And most of the content is not that good. So if you could just stand out a little bit on a Facebook, there's Facebook groups, there's a lot of opportunity, and then you can convert that attention over to YouTube, make it more long form. Yeah. So that would be, kind of be my strategy. but. So what do you tend, tend to do and use uh, YouTube then for your own business outside of like trying to build an audience for someone else? How do you think you want to take advantage of it? How do I want to use YouTube? Yeah. That's, that's the magic question because it's like you need to, so something that I talk about a lot, you know, with clients and what have you is there needs to be some kind of like unique angle or unique mechanism. What's missing? And like, you know, if you can't identify what is, like what specifically is missing on a platform that you could fill or serve, then you need to combine things that typically don't go together. Mm -hmm. So for example, this is gonna be a little bit controversial, but um, you have a really hot chick and she's a comedian. These two things very rarely go together, right? You don't see that often. Right. So if a super hot chick is also a comedian, now all of a sudden, you're, it's two things that aren't typically together and that's how you go viral. Another one was, I had a client, he got like 250,000 views on a post. And he was like, John, why did this post go viral? To me, it was so obvious, and it might be to you as well. So what it was, is it was a miniature pony, little tiny pony. It had a, a life preserver thing on it, like the, the lifesaver, and it was in the water playing with kids. Hmm. When the hell do you ever see a little pony in an ocean swimming with kids with a lifesaver around <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never. That is why it went viral. Because to our brains, when we see things that typically don't go together, it's a pattern disruptor. Right. And it gets us to stop scrolling. Yeah. So that's kind of the key to that. And um, so for me, it would be combining two things that don't typically go together, and then that's how you can start to build a brand. Also, um, you know, like, again, a little bit controversial, but look at somebody like Andrew Tate. Mm -hmm. How is it that Andrew Tate went from complete obscurity eight months ago to the most Googled man on the planet today? How did he do that? So another angle that you could use is, um, take an uncomfortable truth and say it in a way that triggers people's emotions. Right. Now, do you have to be misogynist? No, 
But if you're looking for a quick way to get there, consider some of these variables, you know? Is there an uncomfortable truth that I know to be true that makes people a little bit, you know, skittish, but can elicit an emotion? And that's another angle. Well, can, content can attract or repel people. Yes. And if you can take maybe an opinion that is hopefully your own and authentic and put it out there, I think that you're going to resonate with the right people and that's going to pull more people in for you. Yes. And the key to it, I learned this from John Cena. Okay, so with John Cena, when you would go, when you would like go to one of the shows, you'd be watching on te television, it was the most interesting experience you will ever have. He was very different than any other star that preceded him. So, he would come out, his theme music playing, and you'd hear, let's go Cena, right after, Cena sucks. Right, yes. You'd hear, let's go Cena, it would be the kids and the wives, and Cena sucks would be the men. And something that he helped me understand about building an audience is, you know, the worst thing that could possibly happen is nobody reacts at all. Yes, you don't want silence. You do not want silence. But if people are reactive, whether it's positive or negative, then you got something good on your hands. Right. So that's the key. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Chris Hanna Show. As always, the latest episodes are available to listen and subscribe to on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow The Chris Hanna Show on LinkedIn, Instagram, or Twitter. For more resources and solutions, including blog posts, toolkits, ebooks, speaking sessions, and more, visit chrishanna.ca today. We look forward to connecting again with you soon for another episode of The Chris Hanna Show.